Welcome to the Miracle of Deliverance podcast. This is Lisa, and I'd like to ask you to subscribe and share if you're interested in freedom and deliverance. We offer interviews and balanced biblical teachings to help live a life of freedom in Jesus. Check us out at miracleofdeliverance.com for videos, downloads, and more. We're going to be talking today about freedom from nicknames and identity assignments. Now, you may not even think that you're affected, but wait until you hear the testimony and some of the teachings Tammy and I are going to be doing today. I've always been amazed and interested in the way people think about themselves. Prior to coming on, I started thinking about... uh, this lady in our church who is absolutely gorgeous. And, you know, oftentimes when you see pretty people, you just assume that they know that they're pretty. And with this person, that's kind of the way it was. And one day I just said, man, you are gorgeous. And she did this. And I was like, what just happened? She was like, Oh, okay. Whatever you say. And I was completely taken off guard that her core belief system was that not only was she not pretty, but extremely unattractive. And this woman has, she's got a great figure. She's got a great personality. She's beautiful in every way. And then one day, one of my friends was helping me um, in the office. She's very creative, very resourceful. And so I said to her, you know, you just amaze me at how smart you are. And she did that same look. It was like, what? And then she got really somber and she's like, no one has ever said that to me before. And I was pretty shocked that she had zero idea about her value. And then one other example, we have um, had someone in the church who had been on drugs all their lives, strung out. Well, I didn't know them. I'm not from this area originally, so I didn't know her. And so we're talking one day and I said, I can't even picture you strung out. And she gave me that look and she was like, you're kidding me. Because in all three of these situations, they so were attached to either a former identity or an identity that wasn't real. And if we're not careful, we can float along in life thinking one thing is true when it's not. Not only do we take those identities and see those in ourselves, but we automatically think we see how other people see us. So we're going to talk about those effects today. You know, we can speak life or death into people And um, God actually does that. I wrote down a few examples. In Genesis 17, 5, God changes Abram's name to Abraham so that he would be denoting that he would be a father of a multitude of nations. Jesus called James and John the sons of thunder, reflecting their fiery enthusiasm. And I, I just think that is very interesting that when God calls us a name, it brings life. So every name that you're called isn't necessarily bad. I would say um, for those with children, because I'll probably forget to say this later, if you have called your child a name and it was good, uh, they may not see it as good. Um, I used to tell my son that he looked just like someone he thought that I thought was ugly. 
<laughs> so that wasn't a compliment. So sometimes we need to sit with our kids and say, what do you think this name means and define that? Okay. So good seeds come from, no, good fruit comes from good seeds. So you can sow good words. And then unfortunately a bad seed that is nurtured in other words if someone has spoken something into our lives and we believed it that nurtured it it will bring destruction now if you look in first samuel 4 21 as a mother was dying she gave this name to her son ichabod which means the glory of god has departed from our house you would think that parents would not be perpetrators of speaking death and destruction. But here's an example of that. Can you imagine that everywhere you walked, people were reminded of gloom and doom? But parents will do that. And before I bring Tammy on, I talked with Amber, who is a therapist friend of mine, a co-author in my book, um, in our book, Driven to be Free from Food Addictions and Eating Disorders. I said, what would you want to make sure that we mention? And she said, not only were our words destruction, but they are triggers. She deals with children who, if you say a specific word that a parent or a teacher has said, it will immediately make them angry. So what we're going to do today is talk to you about breaking down lies and pulling off of those triggers so that we're no longer affected by it. Um, one scripture, and then I promise I'm bringing on Tammy. Matthew 5, 21. Now, I want to read this because we often take our words and don't um, see the value in them. But as believers, we are told how to act and how to behave. Take a look at Matthew 5, 21. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. We've heard that scripture before. Verse 22. But I say unto you that whosoever or whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council. Whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hellfire. And Raka means empty head. Basically, it's talking about name calling. So I want to bring Tammy on because when I started thinking about this, I thought, okay, I want to bring on someone who I know has had some name calling. So welcome, Tammy. <laughs> We're so glad you're here. I want to tell the story about what happened because okay. it's been on my heart. And when I contacted you and actually I didn't get a hold of you until this morning, I said, Let, I want to talk about freedom from name calling and from um, having an identity of a, a bad nickname. And you said to me, oh, well, my lights are going out in here. Uh, you said to me, oh, well, I'll think about that. But I haven't really been set free from any of that. And I was like, because <laughs> I was like there when it happened. <laughs> How did that happen that you were so far removed from those things that at one time had been so painful? <laughs> Deliverance. It's gone. <laughs> Well, you started thinking, and once you started thinking, you came up with some names that you were called in elementary school. Do you want to share any of those? Yeah, um, I was like in my first grade, I was called stupid because they said that I couldn't read fast enough. So that hindered me for many years of um, being in front of people and even talking to people because I was so afraid that somebody would start calling me stupid. And then in middle school, um, I was called like 
fatty, slow poke, ugly duck, duckling, fatty, fatty too before. And I know people have heard that one before. Roly poly, um, big girl, big mama. I mean, I, the list could go on. I had a whole list of it, of things. Um, and it's just like, I could walk into a room and somebody would say, oh, there's that fat girl. That's that fat Tammy, you know? So I would always hear that. And if you wore elastic in your pants at school, in the middle school, you were even called worse names than elastic fatty and stuff like that. So I stayed away from elastic pants because I was afraid of that because there was a girl at school that um, they did do that to her. But even like in gym, I was ashamed to put on shorts and stuff because I was so afraid that somebody was going to start calling me names. But just walking through the hallway and you have somebody look over at you and go, Oh, hey, fat girl. And, you know, it, it hurt. So every time I looked into a mirror, I didn't see me, Tammy. I saw a fat girl. And it's almost like it could add on weight to to your image because you're looking at yourself in, in the wrong way. So mm -hmm. and then when I went to high school, um, 17 years old, I did have an incident where I become pregnant and it was a forced um basically right. So might as well just say the word and I became pregnant. So, and a friend of mine found out and she actually spread rumors. So it went from mean girl, you know, basically she was being um, a gossip and I would walk through the hallway and somebody go tease slut. Um, I was called a whore. I was called all kinds of names. So, um, all those things hindered me throughout my life, even in my marriage, because, you know, Roy can look straight at me and say, oh, you're so beautiful. I'm like, no, I'm not. And then I, mm -hmm. I want to say that if, if your spouse or if someone says a compliment, you're pretty, I love you. I like being around you and you can't receive it. There is an issue that we're going to show you how to resolve today. <laughs> Do you have an easier time now receiving love? Yeah, I do. I mean, just like, I think you've came up and said something to me and I'm like, oh, thank you. It's not. Uh -uh. So, I mean, there's been different situations that other people have commented me and I'm able to take it. I don't second guess it. I don't, you know, sit there and go through those emotions of, oh, this is what I am. So um, I had a person come up to me one time. She said, every time you look in the mirror, she said, you look at yourself and say, you're a beautiful woman of God. And that really helped. That really, really helped. I mean, because I didn't see that. So now, I want to mention one other thing before we dive into this, because this is a shocker to me that um, I one point I needed something clerical done. And you're like, no, that's not me. That could be Linda, but that's not me. And I was like, what? And you said, I just can't learn computers. And that is so not what I know about you. And then over the last few weeks, you've, I mean, you're on a computer right now. Yeah, and that intimidation is letting go. Where did that come from that you weren't smart enough to operate a computer? A person that I worked with um, at another job, I had to be on a computer eight hours a day. And if I had a question about it and like doing spreadsheets or something like that, and I used to do spreadsheets all the time, all kinds of stuff, um, make flyers, the whole works. And one day I had a question and she squished me. It was like she squished me down so hard and was so negative and just she had a lot of things going on in her life. And that's what she did. She just attacked me over it. And it was like then I looked at a computer as being mean. Um, it, it became 
um, uh, enemy to me because that's all I could relate to was, okay, that computer, I made a mistake and how am I going to handle this? So I put away a computer, would not touch them. Roy got me one and I never touched it. He's, you know, he used it all the time. And then one day um, I was like, Roy, I said, I need another computer. So we found one and it's, I came from what Windows 8 and now I'm at Windows 10. So it's totally different. And I'm, I'm starting to learn. I remember one day texting you going, hey, guess what I did? <laughs> you know, it was so you know, it felt like a revelation that I was able to do that. So, yeah, I'm on a computer today and I'm so excited. Well, these bondages, they do so much. I mean, mm -hmm. the torment and the bondage keep you from doing what you want to do. And the power of life and death is in the tongue, the Bible says. But our confession is so important that in Christianity, it is our confession that actually brings us into Christ, confessing mm -hmm. him. So it is important what we confess over ourselves. I want to bring up one other thing that you mentioned. I know this to be true with, with more people from, from the standpoint of rape. So here you are, have experienced a violation and you know, the enemy doesn't back off just because you're having a bad time. And then people look at that. And at a time when you should have had nurturing, you should have had affirmation. You should have been safe. That's when the mean people come out. Uh, right. I know other people that were, I know a woman who was gang raped. And when she, uh, the one of the boys went back to school, when she, she, somebody wrote slut on her car and did other mean things to her. We have to be really careful about judging lest we be judged and also entering in that we're not murdering people with our mouths. Right. Mm hmm. So when I first met you, you still had some of those old identities, saw yourself just like you did in school. And um, we're going to talk about some of the ways that um, you can, well, the way that you can get set free and just go through these and you can just inter interject anytime that you want to, Tammy. I, I trust okay. all the good wisdom that you want to share. Now, at the, if, if you begin thinking about the, the viewers, if you start thinking about any name you've been called or any accusation, you're dumb, you know, you're a jughead, whatever it is, make a note of that because you're going to need those in a minute when we renounce them. Now, there are some people that just aren't affected. It's like, I chose not to believe that it didn't get ingrained in me. And so, you know, this, this uh, teaching basically will just be good for you for the future. There are some people who were affected and didn't realize they were affected. Or they're like, oh, that didn't bother me or there was no truth, but there, there was some deep seatedness. Um, I, I've told you the story before Tammy about my husband worked for like four years in the coal mines and in mm -hmm. the coal mines, everybody's got a nickname. <laughs> and he was waiting for that moment that he was going to be a name. If your nickname is like gorgeous or, you know, big muscles, you know, that's not a big deal. But one day I sent a Twinkie back when we ate sugar <laughs> to my, uh, in my husband's lunch bucket. And he noticed there was a guy eyeballing him and he went, Oh no. He knew it was going to happen. <laughs> so later on, somebody got on a walkie talkie and they were like, hey, Twinkie. And Dennis knew that he was referring to him. But he said to me, if I ever responded, it was going to stick. 
And so the guy kept, hey, Twinkie, where are you at, Twinkie? And Dennis was like, I refuse to answer. So finally he said, hey, Dennis. And Dennis responded. One other time somebody said Twinkie and he's like, I'm not responding. That That's not who I am. That's not my name. And I do not want to be known by Twinkie. <laughs> but what happens is, is that we develop a response to mm -hmm. a false identity, acknowledging it, and then it catches on like wildfire. It hasn't been too long ago. We were in a restaurant and this very good looking guy was waiting on us, but he was hunched down and you can tell the other waiters and waitresses kind of picked on him. And I'm thinking, dude, you're taller than the rest of them. Stand straight up and demand to be treated like the, per the, the person of value that you are. But you could tell he didn't see it. You know, there's lots of pretty people acting ugly. A lot of ugly people acting pretty ugly. Yeah. <laughs> so we want to, the first thing is coming out of identity with that. Some of you were called names that you still associate with. And so we want to break the power of that. The John 8, 32 says, and you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Well, how do you find out the truth? You find out through what God says in you, right? So you're going to come out of the agreement. And then the next thing you're going to do, this is hard sometimes, but forgiving those. Did, didn't you have to go through a season where you chose to forgive those people that called you names? How yeah. did you feel about doing that, Tammy? I had to um, ask God to show me who was in there, what, what they said. And I wrote it down and was able to, like my first grade teacher, Miss Jaycox, I'll say her name. Um, and so I was able to do that. And once I went through there, I was just like, okay, I give them to you. I, I forgive them. I forgive them. And, and being able to forgive them made a lot of, it just made peace. Um, even the guy who I had the situation with the, the rape and everything, I had to forgive him, you know, on everything he did. And coming to think of it, whenever you were talking about Twinkie, one of my trigger words was the guy who, um, violated me his he called me pudding i couldn't stand pudding i couldn't stand to be around pudding i couldn't stand but once i gave him over to god and forgive me gave him it was you know i could it doesn't bother me anymore so those little triggers you don't realize them until something you know there is a word trigger or or even just looking at pudding i would trigger so being able to do that is easy, it's not as easy as what you think, but once you do it, you're like, oh my goodness, that was just so simple. Why did I make it so hard? So just digging in there and grabbing a hold and just asking God, okay, what am, what am I missing? What is down in there? And once you write it down, just forgive that person and repeat. Sometimes people think, well, if I forgive them, that lets them off the hook. Obviously, the unforgiveness is the cord that keeps you mm -hmm. attached. And so it's not saying what they did is okay. It's like, God, I'm handing that to you and I'm not going to have a part of that because literally putting that word, putting however you said that links you to that man, links you to that event. Not only that, but links you to those people that called you the names. So if you want to be free, you have to forgive yes. and asking God who you need to forgive. Well, then another step is, is repent. And a, and a lot of people think that's a bad word, but there's a lot of freedom that comes through repenting. And one of the top things is, God, I repent for not believing your word about what you say is true. 
Another thing uh, you may want to repent over is if uh, some people, when they are verbally abused, they'll turn around and begin speaking that out. So just coming out of agreement, forgiving and repenting. And Ephesians 4.29 says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Amber was telling me today that this boy cannot stand his father calling him um, a bad name. And she has repeatedly talked to the parent over and over again. I don't know the details about it, but the father says, well, he just makes me mad. I'm like, stop hurting your children. (laughs) So then the next step is, is healing. And we forget this step of literally asking the Lord to come in and healing those moments. Heal me, God. And you can sometimes think back on the moment, like when you were embarrassed when they called you that in school and just say, okay, I forgive God. I forgive them, but I need you to come in and heal that wounded part of me. Did you experience some healing like that? Yeah, I did. Um, And even whenever, like, I didn't even tell my parents for the longest you know, they just knew I was pregnant. They, you know, they didn't ask no questions. It was, it was was emotional for all of us. And then one day I told them, and I just remember both of them grasping me and just crying over it because it was such a shock because they were like, how did it happen? You know, you, things happen, Mm -hmm. but it was just such a shock to all of us. But, um, yeah, just giving it over was just so peaceful. I mean, just the whole shebang of the name calling through the high school and everything. Mm -hmm. So, The Lord can come in and heal. And I've said this before when we're broken, that how old were you when the rape occurred, if I can ask? 17. Okay. So let's just pretend you're 35 right now. The the rape didn't happen to a 35-year-old. It happened to a 17-year-old. A little girl who on her first day of school is told she's fat and ugly and and I won't be your friend. That happened to a five, six-year-old not to a 30 year old, but Jesus is the only one I know who knows us at every age and can come in and heal that moment, heal those memories. So we just invite him to do that. Now, after you've asked the Lord to heal you, you're going to ask him to pull out the triggers. So for you, Puddin was a trigger. Mm -hmm. So you're going to say, God, I, I, I forgive this man. I repent for unbelief or whatever. Um, I ask you to come in and heal me and pull out that trigger. That word will no longer have power over me. And what a trigger also does, just like unforgiveness is like a rope that links you into that situation. The trigger also does. The Mm -hmm. trigger is the pathway or the tunnel that gets you to that trauma. So we want the Lord to take out that trigger and you, you just ask him, had you realized that you're no longer triggered by pudding? Yeah, because I can sit here and you're saying it doesn't bother me. <laughs> and I've uh-huh. eaten banana pudding. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey. Uh, something happened to me when I was a little girl by someone with uh, brown curly hair. And that actually had been a trigger for me for a while. And but it has no power over me. And that his name would also bring instant uh, feelings of filth and freak out. But that's not there anymore. And I know some people can't even imagine living so free that those things don't affect you any longer. But I know I know women who can be in the same room with their perpetrator and feel absolutely 
nothing. It's not like the memory gets taken away, but it's like it's a faraway memory or maybe like a, a it was a dream. But God has that power to do that, doesn't mm-hmm. he? Yeah, he does. He's cool. Yes, he is. Well, there's <laughs> two more points. Um, so I'm going to just review that again. We're going to uh, we're going to allow God to reveal his truth, come out of agreement with the with the lie. We're going to forgive, repent, ask God to heal, pull out the triggers. And then we don't want to neglect to completely put that, put a line in the sand and say, absolutely, enemy, you are no longer going to torment me. So you want to finish this off by giving a command. And I would suggest that you sit down and write something out. Um, it may say something like, um, I confess that the word says that I am beautiful and I confess that I renounce the lie that I look like a dog. That's something that somebody said about me once who was a big fat liar. (laughs) (laughs) And so, which I have forgiven the big fat liar. There you go. And and so you want to just write that out and just say, I confess what you say, God, I confess that I have as much intelligence to do what I need to do because you provide for me. Just write the word and the truth out. And then after that, you're going to um, command that to go. So we were praying with a a woman one time and her family called her fat girl. And she was like, that didn't bother me. It was more of a love name. She did deal with weight issues. She did deal with other things, but she thought that didn't bother her. But while we're praying, I hear the spirit of the Lord say, call out that name and command that to go. I was like, okay. So I said, fat girl, I command you to go. You, the identity of fat girl, all of the wounds of fat girl, I command you to go in Jesus name. And literally there was a transformation in Mm -hmm. front of me as that persona. And as those things that the enemy had attached left her and she was like, I had no idea. So I recommend that you, this list of names or these lies you believe about yourself, write those down. And at this point, you're going to say, I command um, some of the names that you had said. Um, uh, uh, Roly poly, fat girl, fatty fatty two by four. Yeah. And so you would just say, I command this to leave me. Also, if there's, I command ugly to leave me, fear of man to leave me. I command, um, wanting to die because of this to leave me at this point you're what you're doing is separating yourself from all of the attacks all of the assaults all of the plan of the enemy so it's important that you do this step after forgiving and repenting getting healed having the triggers out you're basically saying enemy you are not welcome any longer i'm not going to believe the lie that i'm stupid and if my, if somebody had called me stupid, I would say stupid leave right now in Jesus name. And I'm going to I don't have this in my notes, but I'm going to add one more thing. If you had a specific perpetrator, like let's say your perpetrator's name is Doug. Sorry, all the Dougs out there. But that Doug was the one who spoke this into you. I would actually call that name out. Now, here's why. In the Bible, we read about Jezebel, the spirit of Jezebel. When we talk about the spirit of Jezebel, that's not the woman coming back. That is all of the spirits that were in operation with her manipulation, control, jealousy. When we talk about Cain, we're talking about murder. 
jealousy, envy. Okay, so when we come across people that are not speaking life into us, they are bringing with them all of those things that the enemy has done in them. So the man who likely um, uh, rames you, we're talking about a perversion. We're talking about error. We're probably talking about a lying spirit. And so if his name, which wasn't, but if his name was Doug, you would just simply say when you're cutting these things off and Doug and everything about Doug, I command you to loose me right now in Jesus name. I cut my ties with you. I cut your ability to affect me off. It's very impactful to command it to go. So you're going to command those names to go. You're going to command any effects to go. And anyone who spoke that into you, you talked about the teacher. A lot of times people have wounds from, there are great teachers and there are loser teachers. I wish there wasn't. I had a loser teacher myself that I had to forgive. And that was a hard thing for me to do. But I called out her name and um, I commanded that to go in Jesus name. Do you have anything to say about that, Tammy? Um, it took a long time to get over that because, um, it tortured me so much in school that I had, I would literally make myself fall. I would untie my shoes and go into the building and make myself fall and scrape up my legs trying to stay home. But it, it was so severe in stuff that my mom and dad, I, I would have, I almost had stomach ulcers because I dreaded to go to school. So they did a brain wave. They did all kinds of testing on me. And then um, it came to the fact that the teacher was liked. So when I, I got in trouble and the superintendent took me in his room and made me repeat over and over and over. And see, this is what triggered a whole lot was, and I just thought about it, is he made me repeat over 30 minutes. It's not Miss Jaycox's fault. It's Tammy's fault. So see, then that, that right there hindered me for the rest of my life of being such a people pleaser because I thought if I did something wrong, okay, that's, you know, I'm going to get in trouble. So if you hold on to something and you don't let it go, then you're just, you're hindering yourself from moving. You're hindering yourself from being able to do the things that you need to do. So being able to give up, you know, Miss J. Cox, that name does not bother me anymore. I can say it. I, I can see her. I, I mean, it doesn't bother me. I mean, I can visually like go into that five-year-old stage and see her to this day, like what she looked like. It's almost like I could even smell her clone, but it does not do anything to me anymore because I gave it to God and being able to do that was the most awesome thing in the world. Now, I remember actually when you gave that to God, it was very powerful and the fact that you were with your own mouth, you were sitting there and he made you confess it over and over again. And from that brought in false responsibility. You always felt like everything was your fault. No one was going to believe you. And we have a lot of believers that should be free and are walking around with those kinds of mindsets because they haven't been healed yet. Yeah. You're healed. But, it's good. <laughs> yeah. And part of that is just giving that to God. Mm -hmm. There's so many things I could talk with you about just because you're full of wisdom. And I have watched God just take you and move you. You have a better ability to communicate. You have uh, you pray with people a lot here in the in the uh, freedom ministry and you help other people get set free. You know, you have a myriad of experiences that could have knocked you out. But instead, you have just gone after God and 
And I love it as I've seen him reveal your true identity. I can't even picture because some of it was you didn't think you were smart. You didn't think you could learn. And I'm, I'm just like, I can't even see that. I can't even go there. <laughs> I love you. I love you. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I had one other thing that I that I thought, but it has escaped me. So if you have any questions, you could email the river office at office at to the river.com or office at miracle of deliverance.com. And we'd be glad to answer any questions or if you would just like um, a layout or, you know, this isn't a cookie cutter deal. You really need to spend some time with the Lord and say, okay, God, show me what the issues are and show me how to enter in into the truth. And he will do it flat out every time. Yes, he will. Like, Come on. <laughs> it's called freedom. 